you recently told us that we're looking at a brand new man, Ryland. Why? So what happened to that old man I loved? And who is this new man I see before me? Well, have you heard of MRA? No. <laughs> have you guys not actually heard of MRA? What's MRA? Uh, it's the men's rights activists. No. <laughs> All right. Are you? Did you take that red pill, Ryland? Ryland. <laughs> I told you to get off Reddit, both of you. I don't want to be in this Matrix world anymore. I took the red pill, and I I, I bought in wholesale. It's all about those men's rights. God damn it! What? Oh, why? Boy. What happened? What? I why? think a man should have a right to. Uh, <laughs> God, I don't. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. I don't want to go there. <laughs> so this is going to be pretty challenging. Okay, let's get you ready for your wedding. Up and up. My job to give 100%. <laughs> it's important for us to pause for a moment. Okay. Life pile. Welcome to Lifepile Podcast, the only podcast that doesn't scare delivery drivers. I'm lifestylist and lifestyle expert Camden Johnson. I'm all the chocolate that's pooled at the bottom of your mocha because your barista didn't stir it well enough, Dylan Bergasa. Planky planky on yank, it's Ryland. You hit me with that new catchphrase one more time, Ryland. A planky planky on the yank. It's Ryland. Plinky plinky on the yank. This sounds like a British term for what a like a cell phone is. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Got a, got to grab my plinky plinky on the yank. Um, from Australia, though. <laughs> what's, what's going on? I'm just visiting. Just visiting. <laughs> Oh boy. Every week we bring you lifestyle tips and review some of the hottest lifestyles out there today. This is the lifestyle podcast for people who can't settle for some POS garbage lifestyle podcast that you picked up out of a yard sale. All right. This is the real lifestyle podcast. Uh, Who's got some lifestyle tips for us? Lifestyle tip this week. Just have someone over. Just like once, just like sometimes have somebody come over because that person's going to come over. You're going to be like, cool, I've got someone coming over. Then you're going to watch some Netflix, eat some food or just like sit in two chairs directly across from one another and talk into a microphone. But you're going to have this realization about 30 minutes before that person comes over where you're like, why is there dust on every single surface in this home? And like these dishes haven't been done since these dishes have never been done. I just clean plates as needed. And oh my God, what it's like, I've just got this sheet of glass that I hung up in my bathroom that I then caked with a layer of toothpaste that I think is originally intended to be for looking at yourself and you're going to panic and then you're going to take three rolls of paper towels and get every sheet individually wet and wipe it all over every single thing you own. And you wouldn't have done that had you not had a person come over, have someone come over. It's good. They kind of call you out on your BS. Like you have people over and they're like, Hey, Cam, this is a three foot deep hole in some wet soil. I'm like, no, this is my apartment. And they're like, no, no, this is a hole in the ground. I'm like, no, 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 that is my apartment. And this is a good reason why you should keep cleaning supplies in your bathroom. Say you are out with a person and then they're like, hey, you want to go back to your place? And it's like, okay, sure. You guys go back, immediately go to the bathroom and clean that baby up. Because maybe you didn't have the time, but you say, oh, I got to go potty. You go to the bathroom, get out all the cleaning supplies you already hid in there, wipe down the mirror, wipe down the toilet seat, do all that stuff while you're going to the bathroom and then they'll be super impressed. Then you go out of the bathroom. You say, hey, you need to go to the bathroom. Oh, no, I'm fine, actually. No, you need to go to the bathroom. And while they're in the bathroom, now you're cleaning the kitchen. You're, yeah. you're, you're taking all the skeletons out of the closet. You're cramming them down the trash chute. I think you guys are maybe missing the part where you have to leave a person alone for a long time while they're just listening to... <laughs> through a door so i might amend this and say throw an extra sketch in there or like a rubik's cube but this is why you have your poop radio what is a poop radio you got that radio in the toilet uh for whatever you have to go poop in there and you don't want whoever's outside of the bathroom to not hear those <laughs> sounds <sighs> so you just turn on the radio and be like sorry i'd just like to 
um, listen to the radio while I wash my face. Uh, just so you know, <laughs> that's all that's going on in here. Excuse me while I go to the bathroom for a few minutes. I need to listen to the radio. It's 2018. <laughs> Nobody listens to the radio in the bathroom. That's why we have the wealth of the world's knowledge in our hands at all time in these rectangles. But you might leave your rectangle outside of the bathroom. You got to keep a poop radio. Does anybody else have anything else to talk about? So here's my lifestyle tip, y'all. I was going out to get myself something to eat this morning when what do I see but a whole street full of closed signs because it's a very major holiday in a very major city. So nothing's open, nowhere to get food. And I was like, I should have known that this day was coming up. I could have planned for it. But how do you keep all the days separate? How do you keep track of all of them and what's happening? Well, I've got the perfect solution and everybody follow this lifestyle tip. I'm going to start thinking of days as little squares. And for every day, I'm going to put a little square on a piece of paper. So right here, I got a toilet paper roll I pulled out of the bathroom. And you'll see I've marked a square on it for today. I've rolled it out a little farther. I've marked another square next to that. Okay. Now I just mark up all these squares. And now I know what's happening on which days. Because, like, today is day square one. And like 200 days from now, will be 200 squares down. And now I know when things are happening. I know how to be prepared for the future. I'm keeping track of everything. Uh, so treat your days like little squares. That's my lifestyle tip. Do we think that you're going far enough? Because within my squares, I often have multiple things going on Mm -hmm. Uh, not to brag or anything but do you think there's a way that we could do squares inside of squares just come up with like a set number you're going to use every like um like 24 squares to a big square or something like that it's big it's even yeah so a bunch of little tiny squares um so let me go ahead i'm going to mark that on this toilet paper i'm just going to do six and then a six across right and it's getting a little wet and it's not holding together exactly the way I want. So I might switch the kind of paper that I use for this. But yeah, 24 by 24 squares and then just squares out uh, for forever. And that way you can keep track of everything that's going on. I think you should add uh, little cartoons to every square. And that way, every time you pull up a new square, it's like, oh, I remember this cartoon. That's funny. Uh, I, that's that's a chuckle right there. I love I, and that's why every time you are looking through your squares, it's always fun. Um, I like that. And happy. I think that's that's a really great idea. Now I am worried that if you were to eat like two heads of garlic or a bunch of breakfast tacos, that you would lose like a month's worth of squares, and then mm-hmm. you, you'd be lost. Yeah. Yeah. Don't store your day squares <laughs> next to your poop radio. Next to your buffs okay. squares. Yeah. Don't don't put your don't put your day squares next to the poop radio. Keep it in a whole separate room, somewhere dry. But then also don't confuse that other room for your bathroom because no, there's a roll of squares there. <laughs> yeah, just when when you see the day squares, those aren't but squares, and don't think, oh, it's just the poop room because <laughs> then you'll be where's my poop radio? There's not you know poop radio in here. We're well into this lifestyle podcast, and we've taught you a lot about fashion and trends and music and film and arts and literature. We have not. We understand that we have not covered things like which room is bedroom can you point to the bedroom which room is potty room these are things that we're going to get to in later episodes we we have to break the listener down and then rebuild them from scratch in our image i love the potty room the most we know we do lines of coke in there I've got a lifestyle tip for you guys. Yeah. Uh, So a lot of people think basketball. That's so boring. That's the most boring sport I've ever seen. It's just guys running back and forth with a rubber thing. But you know who does make it exciting? Um, The Harlem Globetrotters. Ding, 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 ding. Um, They know how to make a boring thing exciting with their balls in the air, swirling them on a finger, um, using a trampoline, jumping through, um, and putting it in there. Um, So... I think that everybody should be the Harlem 
globetrotters <laughs> in what they do. Uh, so say you're sitting at your office job right now listening to this. Try spinning that paper on your finger and um, and then you go and you jump on a trampoline into the printer. Uh, just make stuff exciting. Be the Harlem Globetrotters of everyday life. That's what I think you should do. Good. Do you think the Harlem Globetrotters can say their own name? <laughs> Harlem Grobe, Globetrotters. It's hard. It's hard to say. Harlem Globetrotters. Oh. Globe. Globetrotters. Harlem Globetrotters. Try it out. All right. Can, can you be the Harlem Globetrotters of speaking, though? And do all kinds of cool tricks with words, like making letters appear that weren't there? He's dribbling his tongue. Or maybe he's just having a seizure? Is that the Hargum Grobnobbers? <laughs> <laughs> They're incredible. The Hargum Lobboppers. <laughs> I rubbed the Hargum Lobdotters. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good tip right there. You should give it a shot, guys. Be a hard Oh boy. All right, you guys. Let's review some lifestyles. Who's got our first segment today? Let's have a back-to-back Rylan, okay? I'm hitting you with Harlem Groveshires, and I'm also hitting you with a new, hot, fresh segment that I think could maybe be repeated on future episodes, okay? Mm. That's a news feed. It's the news. In this segment, this is called... A New Study Shows with Ryland. So what I've done here is I've just Googled the phrase A New Study Shows and I've <laughs> picked out some uh, studies. My first study shows that drinking tequila could actually help you lose weight. Oh boy. Yeah, everybody out there want to eat the worm, go for it because you're going to be 10 pounds lighter in the morning. Eat the worm. What does that mean? Are there worms in every tequila bottle? Uh, tequila is actually made up of a bunch of microscopic worms. Nuh-uh. So it's a large bottle full of worms, and they go squirming into your mouth. And then they get in your tummy, and they grow real big, and they eat all your food. Ryland's nodding profusely, and I feel like this is one of those times where there's just blatant homophobia on this podcast, what? and the wool is being pulled over. What? <laughs> if you lie to me, it's homophobia. <laughs> You're only lying to me because you're afraid of my gate powers. Do they say why you lose weight? Because if it's vomiting, then yes, I know I've been there. That's what tequila does to me. Uh, that's a that you're right. I should have uh, come out with this from the top. Like many people, uh, I only read the headlines for all of these studies. So no that's all you're gonna get from me. Please, please, please keep this shallow. I'm gonna say. Um, New studies show we should all be getting hammered on tequila 24-7 because I want to feel beautiful. I want to be skinny and pretty. And uh, I also want to fear nothing from police. So tequila is my new beverage of choice. Live it. Live it. I like the idea that we're about to do a zillion livets during Ryan's segment. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know it. Um, tequila makes me my worst self. I think that has to do with a lot of formative college experiences. The smell of it really stresses me out. And I'm also going to say... Cam wants to be skinny and pretty. I say being chunky and hunky are not exclusive. So tequila from Dylan, going to leave it. Whoa. I thought he already said love it. That's crazy. That was a turnaround. That's like a record player. Spin me right round. Um, okay. Has, here's another one for you guys. Okay. New study shows marrying your first cousin is not as bad as it seems. So I'm <laughs> jump no, on no, it, that's guys. That's a guy who is married to his first cousin. <laughs> no, it does, it's not bad. It seems bad. It's not bad. Oh, I so desperately want there to be a component to this segment where uh, anything is expected. Explained, but maybe it's best that not. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Cam's right. Especially with this one, because they need to define how bad it seems. Because I don't understand, like, what do they mean? Like, right. God might not be so angry about it. And your kid will still be born with one big eye and the left side of his head. But God's going to be like, oh, that's cool. I don't give a shit. Make your family, a monster baby. Your family members aren't necessarily going to say anything. They're going to look at you with a real, like, mm-hmm. 
I and I think they probably performed the study just going around. What, what's it like? What's it like, guys? And everybody just respond. Oh, it's, it's not as bad as it seems, dear chap. You think those are the people that are fucking their cousins? Very fancy British people. <laughs> okay. Definitely got to keep those lines clean. You know. All right, I'm gonna say marry your cousin. Leave it. Uh. I say I am royalty, and that last little bit really resonated with me. Live it. Fuck your cousin. Awesome. Uh, marrying my own cousin? Uh, leave it, because I have a lot of cousins, and they might be listening. Hey, the guys love you. I would not marry you, though. Love you. Okay. <laughs> a new study shows humans bred with mysterious species more than oh, once. Oh, my God. Ooh. It's like Ryland didn't pick any of these that are like, there's supposed to be a lot of calcium in cucumbers. I love that it says more than once. How did, how did they tell how many times? Like, well, we found three cigarette butts at the exit of the cave, so we figure they had three post-coital smokes. Uh, uh, they they discovered the uh, caveman diary, and he said, "Ooh, fuck jellyfish." Oh my god! And then next Dear day, Pent Cave, Ook, fuck jellyfish. Ook, fuck jellyfish again. Ooh. Dear Pent Cave, me never think this happened to me. <laughs> me think these stories all made up, but me fuck mammoth this big. I, I mean, we knew this. Bigfoot, right? Bigfoot is just a human that had sex with an alien. That's on the books. That's no. facts, Cam. No. Yes. No. We've no. all, the research no. is there. A study no. shows, a new study shows <laughs> that we've tested Bigfoot DNA, which we have on file. Talk to any Bigfoot hunter. We've got tufts of hair. We've got all the foot casts you can find, no. which I'm sure have skin cells no. in there. And they are full of what? 50% human DNA, 50% alien. No, 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 no. The real truth, Dylan, is that Sasquatch and the Stink Bear and the Yeti are all great apes and there are distant cousins descended similarly in the in the, uh, you know, tree. But we're the only ones who've been breeding with aliens because we got the tall greys who are mixing their genetics with ours. We're the ones who are half human, half alien. Sasquatch is more Earth than we are. You mean to tell me that there's no higher power, higher learning DNA mixed into a creature that could so deeply empathize with John Lithgow? <laughs> now, how do you think? How do you think he breathes John Lithgow's facial expressions like that? I also like that this doesn't say that it's just one species. It could be multiple species. So, like ghosts, UFOs, yeah, Loch Ness monster. We fucked them all. I like ghosts as a species. Uh, there was a there was an article about we've combined human DNA and pig DNA to create an embryo before. So I think that's that might be a part of this. What would a pig yeah. person look like, you guys? I'm thinking of so many celebrities I don't want to say because I, I know they're I, listening I, in. I did that right after I... <laughs> so um, having sex with a ghost, I'm going to say live it. It's a good study. Uh, a new study shows something that I already knew. Leave it. Um, I like uh, the idea of putting it in a jellyfish, so live it. Um, uh, a new study shows going to K-pop concerts can extend your life by 10 years. Now, I don't believe that. <laughs> If you've ever seen what goes on at those concerts or in that community, you know that it's dangerous the whole time. And I feel so bad for K-pop stars because they're going everywhere in armored trucks. Those outfit, those glittery outfits they're dancing in are are essentially NASA suits with titanium sheaths underneath. Fans walking up on stage trying to kidnap them in broad daylight. Right. Just bringing katanas into the front row. Now, really sad if you, you know, you get the, you get diagnosed with cancer. So you immediately start going to all the K-pop concerts that you can and you're getting really excited because you've spent all your life savings on these k-pop tickets and and you're on your like hundredth festival and you're screaming i'm gonna live forever while a bunch of like beautiful young ladies dance in perfect synchronicity and then somebody's like yeah i love j-pop what (gasps) oh yeah j-pop it's great (laughs) wait this is j-pop yeah no this is j-pop 
You already sunk all your money. You were going to a bunch of J-pop shows, not K-pop. You did. So make sure you're looking for all those light sticks that they have at K-pop concerts. They don't have those at J-pop concerts. Have you heard about this, Dylan? No. Different groups have like different like team color. So you'll have like a K-pop festival, and uh, when like a group comes up, their like fan group is all sitting together in some part of the stadium, and they throw all their light sticks up at the same time to say like. We're about these people. Whoa. Okay. I really like color coding. I might yeah. be back on board. Right. Well, there's just this one time where this K-pop star did something that like pissed off her fans. And she comes out in the festival and they all keep their lights down. Oh, and yeah. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> they were all like in synchronicity, just like, no, we're not putting our lights up. And it was like a <gasps> big drama in the K-pop world. That probably took 10 years off her life. Leave it. It's too much stress. It's not good for you, K-pop. The hidden fountain of K-pop youth. You know, you lose your whole life. You're trying to find it. It's not, it's no good. Has a K-pop star ever come on stage and been like, my legion, attack. Can they command them from the stage yeah, to like murder yeah. each other? Yeah. It's a lot like uh, pylons. Pylons. Oh, Zerglings. Starcraft. Starcraft. So live it or leave it, Dylan. Uh, leave it. This sounds like a dramatic premise for a TV show. As somebody that doesn't like blood, I don't want to be immortal via vampirism, so I'm going to go K-popism. Next one. A new study shows uh, that mice eavesdrop on rats' tears. What do you mean? (laughs) Are the tears having gossip? (laughs) I can just plug into a random word generator and put a new study shows too, Ryland. It doesn't seem like you did a lot of this research. This one, this, I saw this one. I've no clue what it means, but I saw it multiple times. So it must mean something. Mice (laughs) eavesdrop on rats' tears. What does that mean? Email in if you have an answer for us, guys. It sounds to me like there's a beautiful rat damsel on the train home from a bad rat tinder date and silently just weep weeping into her lap uh, as she watches the city fly past the windows wondering how can i be in a place that's so populous and yet feel so alone and then there's a a gentle voice at her back that says excuse me miss i uh noticed you crying is everything all right and she turns to see just a a handsome mouse there he said i i heard your tears may i extend this handkerchief and then they go on a bad date and the cycle repeats but that's life it's beautiful i thought they were going to kiss deeply and then both start seizing from the poison they'd eaten (laughs) on the way to the train rat radio and julie mouse (laughs) (laughs) julie mouse (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah he's dropping on rat tears uh too much sadness too much drama too many broken hearts i say leave it i want to read radio and julie mouse i'm gonna live it <laughs> i i hate being in a place and thinking i heard a mouse or a rat uh scurrying about as i'm trying to sleep so if i could hear rat tears you, like that, that's even another sound i don't want to hear as i'm trying to fall asleep because that's scary so i'm gonna leave it too um next one a new study shows that bats learn language dialects from nestmates early in life yeah, I mean, I learned how to talk when I was a kid too. Like, whoa, so Dylan, well. dropping that toot on you! Wow, <laughs> like, take that, bats! You think you're smart? So did I. <laughs> so did I think I smart? <laughs> I not know smart now. I love the harsome goat goggers though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but bats could probably talk better than Ryland. Um. <laughs> But are they cuter? No. Oh my way. god, they're so cute little puppies with wings. I just like thinking about bats with like Australian accents. Like, hey mate, you, you gonna eat that fruit or should I just swoop down in there and grab that little seed out your hand? Yeah, that, okay, I didn't think about that. Are bats, bats are from everywhere, kind of. Caves mm-hmm. mostly. But they're on every continent. I, I think feel. you're right. And th- yeah. there's those ice bats in Antarctica. And they, they talk like, hello, I am a bat, because <laughs> it's so chilly. 
it seems like we've really cracked the code here. Dracula was a bat from Transylvania who became a K-pop fan. And because he has the ability to fly to every single K-pop concert, that's why he lives forever. And he has that thick accent because he learned how to talk from his nestlings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why Dracula sounds so Australian. Hey, mate, I'm uh, from Australia. I uh, just want to suck your blood. Um, uh, you, you've been to my castle. It's pretty cool. Um, don't think I'm sounding Australian no more. I don't know. I used to think Rylan had such a good Australian accent, and I realized he's just so confident when he's doing it. <laughs> so I want to say Dracula Australian K-pop. Live it. I don't like all of those words. I'm going to leave it. I... I w- I like the idea of little West Side Story gangs of bats meeting up with each other and yelling at each other like, hey, you don't come around here, okay? This is this is my territory. And the, the other one's like, oh, you, oh, you are going to try to stop me. Oh, we'd like to see that. And they pull knives on each other. So li- li- live it. <laughs> I'm changing mine. I'm going to live it. <laughs> Okay, a new study shows babies who look like dad are healthier. A few of these have seemed like they're written from the point of view of a guy who's just trying to prove something to (laughs) the rest of his family. Definitely. Especially all those children that look like mom. (laughs) Sickly mom kids. What if it wasn't terrible? What if uh, there's just a little girl out there who's got a large honker of a nose and her dad is the same and that's where it came from and she feels bad about it and she's only 13 but she's already looking into plastic surgery and it's just a sad sad place to be when you're uncomfortable with your physical form and dad drafted this whole entire study with Cambridge University to say you're gonna live so much longer with that schnoz if you have plastic surgery you will die (laughs) you have to look like your father yeah I do really like the idea of this just being a like uh, self image improver for all those girls that look just like papa yep when god shuts a door he opens a health window and you get two life bars so uh, live it (laughs) Yeah, your attack and defense stats are definitely going to go up the more resemblance you have to your father. Now, those girls who do look more like their mom, they're going to have an upped stealth uh, modifier and also a better special attack. So you got to look out for them in the wild. God don't make no trash. It's true. Gosh, what would your guys' stats look like? (laughs) No, no, no. We can't do this. Let's do a breakdown (laughs) of our character sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Dylan, do you want to live or leave this little girl's looking like daddy being healthy? I I need a good starter who's got an, an upped attack and defense who can kind of just barrel through. So I think live it. Uh, as somebody that I know people that have seen my face are like, wow, he's so masculine. But I actually look exactly like my mother. So I'm going to leave this because I don't want to die. Uh Last one. A new study shows more motorists die on a full moon. And I already know why. I mean, I'm glad I didn't read this uh, article because it would have been a waste of time. But it's all the werewolves that are popping up. Absolutely. Also, that is the night that people escape from the insane asylum because the full moon gives them enough light to Mm. run through the woods by. So, you know, they've got their hook hand. They're running through woods just like can't spit without hitting a werewolf, which they're trying not to do because they want to, you know, go murder some teens. And dolphins. (laughs) Full moon. Tides are high. All those waves are lapping up on the shore. You're just flinging dolphins into the interstate. They don't have anything to eat. They got to come up on land now to fight bears. Every full moon, I got to keep that app on my phone that tells me what moon cycle it is so I can switch out my regular windshield wipers for those big old honkers so I could beat all the werewolves and people from the asylum and dolphins off my (laughs) windshield. It's like, you ever seen a video of like Lady Gaga trying to leave a hotel? It's just like a sea of bodies and flesh. And that's every full moon. As we all know, we're just telling people what they know at this point. This is why if you look on my day squares here, as I roll them out, I've drawn a little (laughs) drawing of what I expect the moon to look like on my day squares. And if you notice, there's kind of a pattern 
to how the moon looks like on the day squares if you look at it. Hmm. So I'm going to kind of just like break up my day squares into like moon chunks. So like every like time there's like a new moon, that'd be like one chunk of my day squares. And then you'll know when not to go out driving because of all the werewolves, mm. escape to say asylum, psychopaths, dolphins, and uh, teens making out. <laughs> God. Live it. Live it. <laughs> Live it. Cam, do you have a segment for us? I sure do, Dylan. As you both know, I've been deep in research as I do a series on invisible lifestyles. However, as I was doing research for this lifestyle, I also happened to discover inconvertible truth of ancient aliens influencing human culture. So uh, just keep your eye out for that as we avoid talking about aliens at all during this whole segment and just focus on the lifestyle segment of this. Once again, I do realize that I have proven once and for all that ancient aliens exist and are influencing our culture from the earliest days. But please don't get distracted by that earth-shattering news and focus instead on the lifestyle topic I'm trying to talk about here. Okay? Got it. All right. This comes to us from Plato's Republic, in which Glaucon is talking to Socrates because they're bored as hell. Glaucon says... The freedom I mentioned would be most easily realized if both people had the power they say the ancestor of Gyges of Lydia possessed. The story goes that he was a shepherd in the service of the ruler of Lydia. There was a violent thunderstorm and an earthquake broke open the ground and created a chasm at the place where he was tending his sheep. Seeing this, he was filled with amazement and went down into it. And there, in addition to many other wonders of which were told, he saw a hollow bronze horse. There were window-like openings in it, and peeping in he saw a corpse which seemed to be of more than human size, wearing nothing but a gold ring on its finger. He took the ring and came out of the chasm. He wore the ring at the usual monthly meeting and reported that the king on the state of the flocks. And as he was sitting among the others, he happened to turn the setting of the ring towards himself to the inside of his hand. When he did this, he became invisible to those sitting near him, and they went on talking as if he had gone. He wondered at this, and fingering the ring, he turned the setting <laughs> outwards again and became visible. So he experimented the ring to test whether it indeed had this power, and it did. He became visible again. When he realized this, he at once arranged to become one of the messengers sent to report to the king. And when he arrived there, he seduced the king's wife, attacked the king with her help, killed him, and took over the kingdom. Let's suppose then that there were two such rings, one worn by a just and the other by an unjust person. Now no one, it seems, would be so incorruptible that he would stay on the path of justice or stay away from other people's property when he could take whatever he wanted from the marketplace with impunity, go into people's houses and have sex with any one he wished, <laughs> kill or release from prison anyone he wished, and do all the other things that would make him like a god among humans." So, you guys, the lifestyle for this segment is invisibility by the terms of Glaucon, which is to say, you get the power to become invisible, but that power will corrupt you absolutely. Now, let's all do our best to just talk about if we would like the power of invisibility and if we think it would corrupt us, and let's not talk about that giant hollow iron horse, which is he describing a car that time-traveled? back from current times into a chasm in ancient Greece because that sounds like a car an iron horse with window like openings where there's Whoa. glass on these windows okay maybe this is an alien spacecraft crashed down there okay we're not talking about that we're talking about invisible lifestyles okay we talk about seeing horseless chariots I think around the turn of the century and of course that's in reference to cars. Now a giant metal horse, do we think that's more like a rocket ship or a hover vehicle? That's a great question, Dylan, and it does have a lot to do with invisibility. I think um probably a rocket ship with Michael J. Fox inside. Now, on the note of invisibility, 
Why is Plato so renowned for talking about how people should act or form societies or behave around one another when he's constantly screaming about the lost continent of Atlantis, aliens that have aircraft hangers underneath the Earth's crust, and uh, ancient invisibility rings that we have, have been lost to the sands of times? It seems like we're just not quite like most people don't get the actual point of Plato. Yeah, and that's the thing is people get really twisted up and confused about ancient Greek philosophy because they read the Republic and they're like, oh, what's the best way to organize society? And oh, what's like justice and the just way to treat people in our society? And that's not the point at all. The point is that aliens are real and they're here and they're affecting our life all around us. And lizard people and horse people are in a secret war against each other. Right. And I, and I mean, here's the thing. You know, that thunderstorm was a magnetic storm caused by the spaceship entering the Earth's atmosphere. Caused yes. that thunderstorm. And the big crash of lightning was the spaceship crashing in. And the chasm was just the force oh. that the ship crashed in. The created chasm, you know. Uh, it may have unlocked a separate, you know, uh, bay of alien spaceships. Because here's another thing. You can't throw a rock on planet Earth without banging into an alien hangar that's Gosh, full of spaceships. Seriously. You know? Yeah. I don't know that my first instinct when I got my invisibility ring would be to go seduce someone's wife and then murder her husband. I'm walking through this high-tech hangar. Okay, we've got laser swords. We've got heat vision. Giant mech Glasses, suit. mech suits, iPod nanos. That's all they had back then. <laughs> and Sad days. He was like, all I care about is the ring. ring. First thing I touched, it's on a naked dead person. All right. It's cool with me. Bye-bye. Yeah, and then just hit the, the garage door button on his way out. I do wonder how glaucoma seduced this woman because it didn't say like he jumped on her while he was invisible. He lifted up a book and he went, Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm a ghost. Do you want to have sex with me? But then is that evil? Like, cause we're talking about like, Ooh, this invisibility ring turned somebody evil, but it's really is impressing somebody with a floating book and then having consensual sex. Is that really evil? Or is Socrates just a, prude and by socrates i mean plato i don't think it's evil i just think globetrotter uh missed the mark in terms of like uh perusing that cave a little bit more you know like what else was done like what other accessories with superpowers were down there and he just stopped yeah why don't you climb up in that horse spaceship take it to the moon space cowboy chill out with david bowie oh wait or iggy Stardust. Ziggy. <laughs> Iggy Azalea. Iggy Ziggy Azalea. Stardust. <laughs> Ryland, how how long elapsed in minutes from when you get that ring that turns you invisible to when you're masturbating in public? Yeah, seriously. Hmm. Oh, man. He's crunching the numbers. Yeah, he's <laughs> dealing in fractions of seconds right yeah, now. Yeah, is minutes too big? Hmm. <laughs> Mm. Oh, he's already there. He hasn't even gotten it yet. <laughs> no, oh, Ryland, it's a hypothetical. You don't. We can see you. It's a hypothetical. Yeah, oh, we're on a I'm at a park. I'm at a park. No, no, no. He's obviously not recording his podcast at a park. It's just that when he's masturbating, the only way he can get off is if he starts thinking, he just imagines himself, I'm at a park. I'm at a park. Yeah. (laughs) What would you do with your invisibility ring, Ryland? I I keep trying to think of what is a good thing that you could do with invisibility. Like, you could be a spy, spying on bad people, Mm -hmm. but then... Who is bad? You know, are you just supporting an ideology? Uh, like it's it's like whoa, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if you're gonna be a spy, it's a lot more overthrowing democratically elected governments than it is stopping bad guys. Yeah, and that's rough. So maybe you join a a, a rock band and you're playing guitar invisibly. Like that's <gasps> good. Now that's a ghost that fucks a lot. <laughs> Mick Jagger ghost. <laughs> So is it just, are you saying that it's just invisibility that is what is evil? 
it's it's just hard to think of what you would do that would be good. Like you can impress people. Is that necessarily a good thing? Now, or when you're you... saying impress people, you're saying you pick things up and you go, "Ooh, <laughs> floating car." We'll just assume going forward. Exactly. Or you like <laughs> climb under a car and you disappear and you say, "Look under here," and they look under and it's like there's nobody there. <laughs> what? Wow. Well, I thought he climbed evil. under there. That is evil. And what an imagination you have. <laughs> we're getting all mad at gloucester here but really rylan's in the exact same boat what is it about invisibility rings that give you the ability to disappear and the inability to think creatively (laughs) the whole thing about invisibility is that there's many things we would be doing right now And the only reason we're not is because someone can see us. Hmm. So if you take away that little controlling factor, stuff gets weird real quick. You know what just occurred to me? Invisibility is the perfect sunblock. Because when you're invisible, those sun rays aren't hitting you. You're never going to get sunburned. Hmm. So you can put on your invisibility ring and go spend a whole day picking up litter off the street. It's just a healthy walk for you. No skin cancer. People are going, oh, floating trash. Wow. That's the only reason why I'm not doing it now. If I wasn't going to get a sunburn, I would be out there picking trash all the time. I would be making the community a better place. But it's that darn sun that keeps burning me. It's not invisibility that makes people evil. It's the sun that makes people evil. You're you're on it. All right. Well, in that case, I'm going to say Glaucon's Ring of Gaiji's invisibility live it absolute power corrupts absolutely not at all that's the sun doing that thank you very much and also ancient aliens have been influencing our culture from the start live it absolutely yes it's true live live with truth uh i know that first thing that frodo did when he got that ring of power was jacket right in front of sam Oh, ghost frosting just came <laughs> squinting out the, the thin air. I hate that term. <laughs> and when when Harry got his little cloak of invisibility, you know what he did? He jacked it right <laughs> in, front in front of, front of Frodo. <laughs> right in front of Frodo. I want to read this nice fiction. <laughs> so um, I think it's healthy to express yourself sexually. Um, so, yeah, live it. And what do you think about ancient aliens, Ryland? Ancient aliens, um, that's a great question. Um, as somebody who has no connection to aliens, I have to say they don't, they're not here, people. Stop, don't worry about them, guys. There's nothing here. Um, I have nothing, I don't know anything about aliens. Stop, hey guys, uh, just keep on, uh, don't think about them. <clears throat> okay, Ryland. Well, the segment's really about invisibility, so you don't have to talk about aliens so much. Uh, Dylan, what do you what do you say? I think that I'm the man with the plan. Aliens who are looking to unload some supernatural accessories on someone. I'm I'm your girl, uh, and I think I could really. I I just can't stop thinking about how there's like a full set. There's not just a ring. There's matching earrings. There's a nose ring. There's a toe ring. Yeah. There's an ankle bracelet. And what would they all do if they were all combined? Here's but the thing you want to find the full set though you have to go deeper into the cave and then you know the little giant egg there opens up at the top and a face hugger leaps out at you you so you kind of just grab the loot and run as fast as you can and that's my plan and i'm gonna execute it live it great and also ancient aliens real or not dylan that's not even a question of course they're real live it okay well it is a segment about invisibility so please refrain from talking about the aliens (laughs) uh that's my segment um join us next time Uh, When I decide to continue this series again, in which we'll be talking about another form of invisibility, and it won't be related to ancient aliens in any way, so please don't talk about ancient aliens. (laughs) Dylan, I've heard a rumor. Little Birdie told me that you've got one steaming hot segment coming up for us. I do. So yesterday I walked into my office on the 98th floor of Lifepile headquarters and I I threw my chemise on my chaise lounge and uh, strolled in through the glass doors and I I yelled, Cherilyn! And that's uh, (laughs) Cherilyn. It's not Cherilyn. My assistant's name is Cherilyn. And I said, Cherilyn, 
I want to have the hottest lifestyle on my desk by tomorrow, and I don't want to do any of the work involved in researching it. And boy, howdy, would you guys know it? She had it waiting on my desk the next morning with my coffee. So That's one solid chair. So what did my sweet Cherilyn drum up for me? This week, LifePile is going to take an in-depth look at the world's most innovative, exotic cocktails. That's right. Mixology. It's a big thing right now, you guys. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't bring it to our listeners. I don't know what the word remiss means. It's when you miss something and then you do it again. So keep in mind, folks, Cherilyn kind of went ham on this one. If you're squeamish, maybe unsubscribe from this podcast right now and then resubscribe next week give us a five star unsubscribe then resubscribe and then do another five and then do another five star please the first cocktail i've got for you guys it's called the moby dick sazerac oh fuck yeah oh fuck yeah so the ingredients are absinthe rice there's no comment between those two words so absinthe rice must be a thing it really does sound like something cam has uh, been eating for a minute uh rye and bitters the last ingredient of this cocktail is ambergris which is a black or grayish waxy substance that is usually used in perfumes and it is made out of whale vomit (gasps) that's the moby dick sazerac i don't know how we're getting this i wonder if we're taking whales to restaurants that kind of have like a C health department rating in the window and just kind of waiting like uh in the toilets after they eat yeah it's the uh whale tinder everybody's on and that's it's really bad for whale self-confidence because you know you're a you're a whale you're out there trying to meet somebody special and it's like hey you're not just dating me because of my race are you what no 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 eat more of this sushi do you guys want to live or leave every individual cocktail so yes, whale vomit cocktail that is what i want to do and i can only guess that absinthe rice is rice that has been soaking in that delicious liquor which tastes so much like black licorice mm-hmm. so it's black licorice rice with waxy whale vomit sluiced on top mm. And if drinking didn't make you vomit before, it does now. I'm going to leave it. Right, guy? Uh, For me, I love when a cocktail is served to me with a spoon. So I think when I go into a bar on my first date with a woman and I can play with that spoon with my mouth to like really like I'm just looking across the table at her and I'm just shoving that spoon in and out of my mouth just really sexily I'm definitely going to order this one so live it there's really no way for it to go bad because the woman's impressed because you have such eclectic tastes and you really must be, you know, a, a fine gentleman. And then the second you feel like it's starting to make you sick, you turn the ring of gaijis in on your hand. You turn <laughs> invisible and uh, inv- uh, some ghost fountain of vomit spurs out of just some random spot in the room. People are like, ooh, a ghost. I wonder if I can fuck it. <laughs> and then you rush back to your seat. You flip the ring around and you're like, oh, it must be a haunted restaurant. Would you look at that? You're welcome for bringing to this adventure dining experience so you know what i changed my answer live it i'm gonna live it as well and you know rylan touched on something right rylan's just knocking it out of the park this episode as usual as usual he brought up eating a cocktail with a spoon this next i was gonna make fun of him because when has you ever been brought a spoon with a cocktail i'm about to tell you camden johnson i give you doug lamming's margarita this is wait wait Doug Lamb Lambing Lamb it baby. <laughs> Ryland has switched to uh, this podcast second iteration where we live it, leave it, or lamb it. <laughs> uh, Doug, I assume, lives near the restaurant where this cocktail is served in Sydney, Australia. Ryland, can you say Sydney, Australia for me? I am from Sydney, Australia. And when you order this margarita, they bring you a plate. And then on that plate is a lime cut in half. You got both halves of the lime there. 
And on top of those lime halves are balls. <gasps> and those balls are made of jellyfied gold tequila and Cointreau that burst and release alcohol when you chew them. The balls are made using sodium alginate and calcium lactate in what's called a caviar spherification kit, an essential accessory for uh, culinary experts today. This is actually like a really popular thing that you see all the time. If you've ever if if you've watched like a Netflix culinary special in the last like two years, everyone's. And I would say unnecessarily so, turning every food into balls. They've like, we've spherified gogurts or like roast beef or lasagna. And now you could eat it as balls. But I don't know. This sounds exciting to me. Like a little, little, little jello tequila popper. I earlier in this podcast said tequila's a leave it for me on all fronts. And I stand by that tequila balls, though. I mean, come on. I'm going to put those tequila balls in my mouth any day. I love gushers. And also when I was younger, I thought that like the best snack food would be uh, if I could have a shrink ray and I could just shrink any food into I could have a handful of whatever it was. And so I could just pop them all in my mouth like tiny little (laughs) apples and tiny little watermelons the size of grapes. And I could just pop them all in my mouth. And I think ball technology is is one of the best innovations in food eating and drink eating that I could have hoped for. So I'm definitely going to pop a ball in my mouth. I'm going to live this a thousand times lamb it baby thank you jerry lambo <laughs> lambing ryland okay first of all i'm gonna live it as well second of all cam and i are about to blow your mind this shrink ray already exists what? you can shrink food down to tiny sizes with this device it's called a knife <laughs> so you go to your watermelon and you apply this tech to it and you can it's make half it as big half as big you apply it again it's a quarter half as apply it again it's an eighth, oh, it's as, an eighth. as it was before and now it's fitting in your hand and you're just throwing it back in your mouth go to target they've got all kind anyways cam live it or leave it or lamb it leave it next cocktail <laughs> it's called the forever young this contains gray goose martini extra dry maraschino citrus and actual eucalyptus which sounds refreshing and delightful now what's strange about this cocktail is they serve it in the silver chalice and it's mounted on a metal platform about six inches by eight inches and then mounted in front of the chalice is this angled mirror that goes up over the chalice at about a 45 degree angle then extending out of that mirror is a metal straw that goes straight through the mirror into the chalice on the other side so when you're served this cocktail all you see is a mirror sitting on your table with a straw coming out of it and you don't get to see the actual drink and i guess when you're drinking it it looks like you're sucking a tube that came out of your own mouth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know what this is a commentary on but maybe y'all do it's a commentary on that mouse in the pepsi can and it's saying you know the great one of the best things about drinking out of a can is you don't know what the heck's in there Oof. that's part of the fun that's part of the mystery so why can't i get that out of my cocktail glass i don't want to see what i'm slurping i just want to slurp it up the mouse in the Pepsi can. Why would you bring that up, Cam? You know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a, a double down really quick before you even get your guys's live it or leave it or lamets. Next cocktail. It's called Baby Mice Wine. <laughs> Y'all know about scorpion liquor, so places like to put scorpions in drinks because they're supposedly uh, give them like an oaky flavor. Well, this ain't that. In Korea, it's apparently a tradition to drink a health tonic that's composed of rice wine with fermented baby mice in it which is supposed to have health benefits. So this is what I'm getting fucked up on at K-pop concerts. <laughs> and that's why oh, I'm getting another no. 10 years on my life. Oh, Y'all man. heard a bubble tea. This <laughs> how about, is worse than how that. How about squeak, squeak tea? <laughs> squeak, um, squeak tea. But I, what I like most about mirror glory holes is that I might be sucking the dead corpses of animals. <laughs> so... <laughs> these two combined i'm gonna ha- actually i don't like that i'm sorry i was trying to go with it i'm sorry that's really disgusting i'm gonna have to leave it 
know. I really like the idea of looking into my own eyes and sucking up baby mice through a straw. There's something about that that uh, really speaks to my nature. So I'm gonna say live it. It's like a boba tea, like a uh, little. No, you don't. They're not that small. They're like. They're what if not... the What if the straw is big? What if you? <laughs> It's just a really wide it's like a I, no, We are done talking about the logistics of drinking baby mice. It's a leave it from me. Next cocktail. Out of it. The Aragog. If you're a Harry Potter person, you might already know where this is going. And if you're me, you have to remind everyone at least twice a day that you've never read those books and out of some like deeply boring need to be different from people. This cocktail was created at Luciferina Bar in Mexico. The bar, as you can imagine, has sort of a demonic, spooky vibe going on. Luciferina being a reference to Lucifer. <gasps> God's deputy sheriff. God's number one bad boy. <laughs> Played by Ryan Reynolds. The Aragog is Mezcal, Pisco, Cachaca, which is fermented sugarcane, mango juice, and tarantula venom. Upon drinking it, you get a bit of a sweet taste, a bit of a fruity taste. Obviously, there's like an alcohol taste in there. And then you your mouth quickly begins to go numb. And then it swells and it feels like you've been stung by a bee in your mouth. And it really doesn't matter what the rest of the drink tastes like because you can't taste it after that. The drink is this bright yellow color. And then the venom is this really thin liquid that sits on top of it uh, because it's the least dense. It's this inky black tarantula venom. The Aragog. This is a great idea. But it's not as great as it could be. So uh -oh. let Camvin Johnson, lifestylist and lifestyle expert, come in and set things right. They almost had the right idea. Yes, I want poison in my drink. Yes, please. Okay. You just presented it the wrong way. Don't use what they use. What venom do they use? Tarantula. Tarantula venom. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yawning because I'm so bored. <laughs> you want some deadly toxins. You go to the puffer fish. Which has an extremely toxic organ up in its body. You know, you have to cut it just right when you're doing it for sushi, and I'll just like make your lips numb or something like that. Mm. We'll flip the script. We take the puffer fish, we fold it up so it's a big old balloon full of Bud Light. Okay. <laughs> I've got this stretchy balloon full of Bud Light. Okay. Now I make out <laughs> with the fish and I squeeze its little body and it squirts Bud Light down my throat hole. But it's also got some of that toxin in there. So my lips are stinging. My heart's fluttering. I can't taste the Bud Light because I'm kind of going through a face paralysis thing. And all the ladies want to come talk to me because I look so dapper and cool with this balloon of liquor in my hand. Oh, no. My least favorite part about going to a tiki bar is how uppity everybody is while they're squeezing a puffer fish. Puffer fish in your mouth. <laughs> it sounds like Ryland already drank a couple puffer fish today. Sorry, guys. I've been I've been taking a tiki bar class and I I've been practicing some rapid rapid peas at home. <laughs> Fucking damn it! <laughs> 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 okay. Our gargo Our gargo gobbers. I'm a good tiki rabbit bee. So I'm I'm gonna live this, but in the privacy of my own home. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I uh, had a spell there where I didn't have health insurance, and so I haven't been to the doctor in a minute. I haven't been to the dentist in a minute so if i could swing by a bar on my way to the dentist's office chug a lug me uh spider cocktail and then go get my wisdoms out sounds like a sounds like a win 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 baby Isn't I'm that what killed michael jackson so i'm gonna live it <laughs> i'm gonna live it too you guys the final cocktail is a bit of a doozy it's um well actually it can be any cocktail allow me to explain boys in the 1920s, there was a Canadian miner and rum runner named Louis Lycan. He lived in northern Yukon Territory in Canada. It's near the Alaskan-Canadian border. And his work was rigorous, constant, thankless. As you can imagine, he was outside a lot and constantly exposed to harsh Canadian winters. In one particularly cold winter, Louis accidentally put his foot through some ice, soaked it through, and eventually lost one of his toes to frostbite. Louis decided to preserve his toe no. in a jar of alcohol in his cabin no and about 50 years later a yukon local a one k 
Captain Dick Stevenson discovered the toe in its jar while cleaning out an old abandoned cabin. Captain Dick, in a moment of pure inspiration, decided it was necessary to bring the toe jar to the Sourdough Saloon in nearby Dawson City and start dropping it in folks' drinks as a cute little garnish. This birthed the Sour Toe Cocktail Club, which consisted of anyone who ever drank a drink with a severed toe in it. Now, seven years later, in 1980, a miner by the name of Gary Younger was trying to beat the Sour Toe record by drinking the most consecutive Sour Toe drinks. He was on his 13th glass of Sour Toe Champagne when he drunkenly fell over backwards in his chair and swallowed the toe. Now, since then, there have been several toe nations get it like donations but toes the second toe was given by someone who had an amputation on an inoperable corn oh, ew, that's so disgusting the third toe was also a frostbite case and also accidentally swallowed the fourth was an anonymous toe and stolen by a hunter who was passing through town the fifth and sixth toes were donated by an old man in yukon in exchange for a round of free drinks for his nurses i don't really know what the circumstances were there toe seven was a diabetes amputation and toe eight was dropped off in a jar anonymously with a note that said don't mow the lawn in open toed sandals oh my god now there's a 500 dollars fine if you swallow or otherwise destroy the toe in 2013 a man came into the saloon ordered a toe shot downed the whole thing toe and all slammed 500 dollars down on the bar left and has never been seen again he's only known as josh from new orleans so it was at that point that they decided to increase the toe fine to two thousand five hundred dollars so you can become a member of the Sour Toe Cocktail Club by drinking any drink with a toe in it. One of those salt-preserved, black, leathery toes. The only rule that they have is you can drink it fast, you can drink it slow, but the lips have got to touch the toe. Sour Toe Cocktail. Live it or leave it, you guys. Ryland looks distressed. This is one of the most disgusting things <laughs> I think I've ever heard that (laughs) just imagine it imagine it like tickling on your lips as you're trying to choke back some whiskey and then like just instinctually your tongue kind of shoots out of your mouth because that's what you do when you drink something and you lick that toenail and you feel it like right on the tip of your tongue that's so gross i'm thinking of the nick cage national treasure version of this where like you know how nick cage is going around with the all those fake u.s constitutions being like this isn't the real thing i'm i'm nicholas cage and i'm looking for the real thing so he like goes to a mummy's tomb to get the most toeiest toe drink you can get like he he, he needs a genuine authentic oldest toe in the world toe drink um so he's like going through museums and breaking through lasers and um doing all that stuff just to cut off a toe of a mummy and stick it in his bud light and drink that down and put his lips to it that's so disgusting but i think i would prefer it to a fresh toe i want just a bone toe in my drink give me a bone toe here's the thing the rules specify you can drink it fast you can bring it slow but the lips touch the toe Mm-hmm. Doesn't specify that that has to be a dead toe and detached from a person. Because if Dylan, if you ran and took a shower real fast and then dipped your toe in my martini, then I'd take a sip out of that, no problem. And now I'm in a club. Oh my god, have I been getting on all these dating apps for no reason this whole time? Cam could be sucking Evan Williams off my toes, slurping down those toes. <laughs> I'd like to slip up your toes, young man. Well, howdy doody, sailor. That is so cheating. You cannot use a living toe. Okay, unless it's like still living because you literally just cut it off a person. Can you imagine uh, Indiana Jones, played by Nick Cannon, running around. uh, He's the son of Nick Cage because it's (laughs) National Treasure 14. And he runs around and he finally gets into the mummy's tomb and finds Piltdown Man's toe, the oldest toe in existence, and cuts it off and starts slurping down that drink. And he's on his 13th drink when the toe does a little wiggle. What's this? The mummies come back to life and lurching at him. He's so shocked. He 
slurps down the whole toe, and now it's wiggling around in his belly, but it also doesn't <laughs> count because the mummy came back to life, so it's a live toe. So he has to do it all again. Oh, and then and then it turns into face off, and and Nick Cannon Cage, he's the mummy, and the mummy in the tomb grows Nick Cannon Cage's face, and it's like, whoa, who's living whose life? <laughs> hey, wife, that's not me, that's a mummy. I Can did you a tell? toe shot. Can't you tell? Because all of his flesh, besides his face, is withered and eight thousands of years old. She goes, I don't believe it. My husband would go to this bar and northern yukon territory canada and get the certificate that they give people who drink toes and now they they're taking planes trains automobiles it's a situation comedy they're trying to make it there they got to slam the toe before the other guy and uh they get there and the bartender says whoa 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 whoa, whoa. you gotta slam dunk this toe right in your gullet that's right you gotta be a garblum's lobe daughter <laughs> And then he puts the drinks up on basketball hoops and they got to get up there and slam that baby. You know, you really sold me on this toe drink. I'm going to have to live it. Drinking toes, live it. Live it. I really want one of those printed out certificates that they give people. And they give you a little membership card, too. My membership card. Membership card. This is Lifepile Podcast, the only podcast that holds up the Magna Carta to a UV light to reveal a map to an old drinking toe. We want to thank Scott Davis for the music. We want to thank Ancient Aliens for influencing our culture and giving us magic rings and the plot for that great movie. What's it called? Lord of the Rings. We also want to thank Toes for being so salty and well-preserved in alcohol. Uh, we'd like to thank you if you want to live the lifestyle of subscribing and giving us a five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts.com.org.edu. It uh, helps other people find the lifestyle that's right for them, and we sure do appreciate it. If you want to catch me this week, I will be at uh, the court training with the Hargar Blip Bloppers. Uh, we've taught ourselves this trick where we uh, spin a toe on the end of our finger, and then we pop it up in the air, and then when the audience is surprised and looking at it, it falls in their mouth before they have time to close their mouth. And now they got a dead guy toe in their mouth. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Dylan, where can we catch you? I'm going to be at my place uh, with Nick Cannon, my favorite Globlum harp trotter. And uh, just one second. Hold on a minute. I'm frantically trying to sweep up all the body hair that's littered all over my bathroom floor. I'm scooping all the crumbs from the Cheez-Its that I ate in bed into my bed furthered and just throwing the sheets back up. I'll be there in a second. And uh, this week you'll be able to find me. Uh, I'm actually doing one of those old fashioned surgeries with a, uh, an audience you know how they used to do that i don't know if they still do that maybe they do where a bunch of people just watch you get operated on i'm gonna be operated on i'm getting some plastic surgery so i could resemble my father more it'll be much better for my health i've heard uh so uh catch me next week with a brand new face but if you want to watch it happen real time go down to the university hospital this is life pile light your life on fire